seconds. Not that that matters these days. A hemorrhoid cream just mentioned then in the intro. Is that what I heard over the It's good for the grooving, grooving, you know. Footy players, is it? It's Tuesday night, fellas. I know it's a little bit different to our usual Monday. This is my fault, everybody. I was away at the Peninsula Hot Springs, so just relaxing and. Lardy da. Yeah, yeah. So who's the come... closet Melbourne supporter? Okay, yeah. We had a cheese board as well, actually. Oh, just fantastic. really channel over in a Melbourne supporter vibes. <laughs> but no, nice and relaxing back now. The kids screamed the house down upon arrival, so undid all the relaxation we just experienced. But how are you both? I'm not bad, C B. How are you, sir? That's important that's more important, obviously, than how I am. I know. I'm fine. Everyone's good. You sure? You're all right? Yeah, no, we're good. Because you're cranky last podcast. I'm just hoping you have you taken the, the medication? Are you are you nice and you're nice and relaxed? Well, I've started off relaxed. Oh, good stuff. <laughs> I saw CB at the, at the footy from afar. I don't I didn't actually wave to where I was, but he was on the fence line. He did a bit of a dodgy, but uh, got some good seats in there, C B. <laughs> can, can I just say the Hawthorne cheer squad? Like you know their shit when a fourteen year old kid is just going, seriously, Dad, is that all I've got? Now I promise you. This is all they did for the whole game. They just go, give me a H, <laughs> give me an A, give me a W, right? They go all the way through, and then they just go, Hawthorne, clap, 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 <laughs> Hawthorne, clap, clap, clap. That is legit all they have, and some old bag at the front who squeals like a witch. But that's about, that's about <laughs> all they got. <laughs> Horrific. Yeah. It's, like, it's like the dregs of society all in one uh, grouping. Uh- at the risk of uh, family members on my wife's side listening to this, they probably won't, but uh, their usual seats are right next to the cheer squad. So I'm hearing you, CB. I understand your pain, but I proudly sit there, even weeks when we aren't playing and I go, I'll sit there with my premiership cap on and my jumper on and just really get a response out of them. So, But no, I, I, how many was there, do you reckon? Was it 40,000? Is that what we think turned up, roughly? And out of that 40,000, swear to God, I had the biggest snuffy sitting behind me and I... I I lost the plot within two minutes of the game. It was just unbearable. Yeah, like I said, I've started up on Bay 13, a Hawthorne etiquette and uh, like basically football knowledge thing because they just need to understand that it is legal to bump, tackle yep. <laughs> their players without them uh, getting a free kick every time you breathe on them. That's you know, the they, nail they... on the head right there. Yeah. Are they yeah, like the... West Coast levels of wine, are they? Oh, it's up oh, there. Oh, mate. It's up there. The, the, one of the better ones, I don't know if you guys remember the better play, but Bolter had the ball on the wing and he's gone for a left foot kick and he, he just shanked it and it rolled out, dribbled out of bounds. It was shit house. And the guy behind me legitimately was screaming deliberate. And I've just turned around and just looked at him. He's like, oh, oh no, 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 it's not deliberate. I said, no, it's not. It's just a shit kick. But it just, oh, amazing stuff. But anyway, well, we won't give the supporters too much more of a roast. Um, Good game on the weekend. Richmond 11-12-78 defeated the Hawks 7-7-49. Pretty workmanlike performance, I think. It at Never at any stage did I think it was out of our control. It felt like we were sort of in second gear for most of the day. Tiggs, how did you see the game? Yeah, it's... um, I love the fact that every time they scored, um, when we did that little burst at the start, and every time that they scored a goal to get within three goals of us, we just straight away just answered it. So... It really made me think that 
you know, we did have so many gears to go to that we just didn't need to get to those gears. And the boys were just running the clock off, really. Um, look, the game overall, it, it gives me the shits. I can understand why we're doing it, but we, um, from what I can understand is, um, being it's a transition game now, we're trying to keep our defence intact as and as deep back as far as we can into the Oppo's forward 50. So by doing so, we had to rob Peter to pay Paul. So what we're doing is rolling our half forwards up into our midfield. What that's causing is we're getting a flood of inside 50s, but we're um, converting like shit. Um, uh, and we're getting a lot of messy ball inside 50. I'm sure we'll we'll fix that up because, look, we when, when it works, if a team can be in a full-on offense, we'll turn the ball over and we'll go straight off into an attack. 11-12, um, again, we've got to really work on it. And it's not just 11-12. We probably had an extra 10 shots. We could have had that goal that we didn't take. Um, yeah. That, you know, we got tackled at the last disposal. It was always that bloody last disposal. And it was because we were generally outnumbered in that forward arc. But, look, we'll get better at it. It's better doing it now. Um, because it's a ping-pong game, I noticed how uh, quick we are in, in relation to our fitness and our recovery. So, during the game, like the Hawks, you could see were fatiguing, particularly their mids. But um, our guys just kept on going. Um, really, the probably you know the centres clearances we broke even, and stoppage clearance we broke even. Um, well, we beat um, Hawthorne, which aren't slouches in that area. So overall, I was happy with it. We just we just got the win. We needed to get the win. We tried a few things that worked, and um, yeah, we go forward to um, this Saturday, which I can't wait for. CB it's fairly Bruce. Okay, sorry, it's fairly Bruce-free footy though, isn't it, Tiggs? When you look at the, you were talking before about the tackle numbers. Yeah. Hawthorne had thirty-six tackles for a whole game, and Richmond 42. forty-two. Yeah, yeah. And look, it looked like our pressure was on in certain aspects, but it was our pressure came to the fore when we had a stoppage, and there's hardly any stoppages anymore. So, um, yeah, it's definitely pinging the balls, pinging around, and. I reckon it's going to suit us. I reckon that style of play, funny enough, I know we're all about pressure, but that that slingshot, helter-skelter, um, suits us to a T because unlike a lot of sides and unlike Sydney, funny enough, they, and I rate Sydney, they don't have the defence to defend to back up that style of play. We do. We, we're we third for points against, uh, points four, so we've got the third best attack in the league and we've got the number one defence um, in the league with points against. So yeah. we're in a really nice place. And that's been a pretty constant, I think, across the last couple of years, our defence and how stingy they are. And the thing I want to touch on, you mentioned about the pace and that was actually the overwhelming comments by the Hawthorne people around me was, shit, Richmond is so quick when, the, when we have got the ball and when we haven't got the ball. And then when you sort of look back to the you know, the documentaries that have come out over the past few months, the players genuinely believe and know that they're one of the quickest sides in the comp. And when the ball's pinging around like that, we are going to get on top of teams and, and spread them. Not to, uh, to my last bit I'll say on it is I, I if you guys haven't heard Edwards um, interview that he had on SEN today, did you guys catch Shane Edwards interview? Yeah, he was uh, with Dwayne yesterday. It was good. Yeah, and it was fantastic to hear. Any any of the listeners, please go and it's on the podcast. Um, just go on the SEN app or website and you actually see it. You don't have to listen to all the other shit. You can actually just um, hear directly from Edwards itself. But you could hear the confidence. They've got confidence that they'll run over top of sides. They've got an inner belief that there's no side fitter than Richmond. Um, and that just came to the fore for me. That was a real resounding message I got. And they know that, you know, it was funny. He sort of said, 
their aim is to stay with sides for the first half because they know they'll beat them in the second half. Because not only are they fitter than them, they've got, um, uh, you know, our coach in the coaching box is elite and we'll change it up slightly and we'll come over the top. So, yeah, that was great to hear. Go have a listen yeah. to it. And Michaels, um, we'll have a chat about a couple of players now. Um, are we seeing the return of the king in the goal square, mate? Talk to us about Jack. This is going to sound really bad, but when I saw the stats after the game of four goals, I didn't actually feel like he kicked four. Like I knew he was influential, but four, it's a good haul. Um, he's looking fit, isn't he? He's jumping around, making space, which is good because Tom Lynch kind of isn't doing it for me at the moment. He's doing his role, but he's not getting dangerous enough. But Jack's game is good, and when he's got his kicking boots on, he is elite. And then Georgie Castagna... If he keeps kicking goals, fellas, we are mm. we are going to cause teams a lot of trouble because he just by nature of his work rate is going to generate shots on goal. But when he kicks that snap on the boundary on his left foot and it goes through, you know we're having a good day. He's a dead eye dick now, George. He's back. Chaos is back. <laughs> what about you? What about your mate CB Brody? Yeah, can I say um, it's funny having the privilege <laughs> of watching his game up close. Um, for those people that sort of go, oh, Nathan Broad should be one of the first out, you're not understanding his role. So effectively, when Bolter and Asprey start at full back, Broad's on the bench. And then when one of those blokes goes into the ruck, he effectively takes full back. So he's like our third full back. And um, he was just absolutely outstanding on the weekend with his body work. Um, disposal is probably... And I think most commentary around it, it's, it was his best game for the club. He was absolutely outstanding on the weekend. He was the rock of Gibraltar, and um, he ain't leaving that back six anytime soon. There was a lot of comments on socials about that being his best game. Um, but I feel like he does a lot of week in, week out. I feel like he yeah. doesn't get the recognition he deserves from our own supporters. And that kind of alludes to what you sort of said at the start, CB, about people are often saying he'll be the first one out, this, that, and the other. But I reckon he's one of the first ones on the board. He is, mate. He, well, his role. Look, we've all got, they're all role players, mate. Even Dusty, they've all got roles. And um, he played his role to perfection. Yeah, and he's, a, he's one of those players that if he doesn't do what he does, then Grimes, Bolter, and Asprey can't do what they do. And it's just a, a good synergy. The sum of all parts. And the skipper, he was back. Yeah, the return. The return of the Koch. 27 disposals, 634 metres gained. That was the game high of um, of anyone on the ground. So he was our number one. He was ahead of Dustin Martin, believe it or not. And um, that was a fair statement, um, him coming back. So all was really well. He's moving really well. And just his um, his decision-making was first rate, I thought. Really, really great. Really good game. I might be being ultra critical here. I felt like he butchered the ball a couple of times, but I'm happy to give him slack because it's his first game back. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it was. It was his first. Look, he's. Oh, I put a tweet during the game. I think it was after his 11 turnover. I said he's he's just kicking. He's starting to give me gastro. Um, but that was fully tongue in cheek because I love our captain. But yeah, he um, he he was as rusty as all buggery with his kicking. He recognised that himself, I think. But he plays a crucial role. A lot of his disposals are in the back half. Yeah. Um, um, from Hawthorne, and, he, and he, his decision-making, like CB said, he he knew when to go inside, when to go on the outer wing, or when to just go, you know, just go straight down the line. So, no, he's, he's crucial to us. Yeah, absolutely crucial to us. Before I get your thoughts on Martin Tiggs, I, I want to throw, just ask you both a quick question. 
Do you, would you take 27 disposals with Koch at, you know, 11 turnovers, or do you go Tom Mitchell's 37 disposals for 170 metres gained? <laughs> 170 metres gained. Koch any time, <laughs> I'd go. I'd go Koch at five disposals over Tom Mitchell. All he does is stat pad. He doesn't hurt you. Um, even Jager Amira, I was surprised how bad his disposal actually is. And they gave two first-rounders for him. Um, yeah, go figure that. Mm. No, we're lucky to have Koch. Uh, and Tiggs finally on the plays. Dusty Martin had another pretty good game. Yeah, great game. Yeah, great game. You could tell he's enjoying his football. Look, he shared the ball a fair bit. Um, and I was speaking just before about, you know, are we sharing a bit too much? But, look, you could tell he's just having fun out there. He brings other people in the game. He's had 11, um, 11, 11 score involvements, the highest of anyone um, on the ground. Um you know, you mentioned you didn't think Jack kicked four goals. Well, because he got two-handed to him by um, by Martin. Um, that was Soda's. So, look, he was just great. They tried to tag him. Um, and, and, look, Burgoyne's footy IQ is through the roof. But even then, he looked lost at times. Dustin would just make space, particularly forward. I love that he's playing forward, you know, midfield forward and not really venturing in the back half unless we're pressed. Um, it's a perfect position for him. It's got a extend his career longer. He's not getting um, smashed around. He's moving so fluid, fluidly, you know. He's from his speed. That What did you boys think when Hawks looked like they were getting right up? It was towards the end, I think, of the uh, – before just before halftime, you know, Hawks had a little bit of momentum. And then what does Dusty do? He gets a clearance, evades the tagger, just charges right down in the centre of the MCG and just boots it from 60 metres through for a goal. He's just that good. He just knew he'd kick it. My my only regret about that goal was it wasn't a Richmond home game and there wasn't oh, like thirty thousand yeah. people. Richmond yeah. supporters in the Great Southern Stand to really oh. give that goal the cheer that it deserved. Oh. He's, just, <laughs> he's, he's brilliant. He's a star. That that goal is just a thing of beauty. Now, CB, you had a uh, a lovely, a long time listener of ours ask you a question during the game. What was what's that one all about? So this is a talking point. That was raised by our man Elton John's wig, um, and the question is: Do we overshare the ball too much forward of centre? And I've got to say, it hit a nerve with me because I agree with the sentiment because it, it really annoys me. Like I know we're big on the sharing mantra and we bring everyone into the game and all that stuff, but but sometimes you've just got to take the goddamn shot. And there, there was one passage of play where I think. The ball ended up in Rewalt's hands, and he literally was 15 metres out dead in front. He he could have just easily turned and snapped it. And what's he do? He fires it to Josh Caddy, who's on a 45-degree angle and tries to bloody um, check side it through. And it's shit like that that's really starting to irritate me. I think it's wonderful what they're trying to do, but sometimes you just got to do the obvious. And if it's your turn to go and have the shot, have the goddamn shot because we could have put Hawthorne away in the second quarter and we didn't. And the reason we didn't was we got cute and we started dicking around with the pill. And I think we kicked like four points in a row or something. And it would have, it would have put us about eight goals up halfway through the second quarter. And we missed yeah. an opportunity. And it's, it's a frustration that I have. We That's did leave a few I, goals out there. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, definitely. But look, I'm probably the other side of the view of it, though, um, CB. I agree with everything you said, and I get as frustrated as anyone. But at the end of the day, it's reinforcing uh, what you think about the club. You know, 
I seriously believe that um, they do it to reinforce the standards. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, and they do. It, they tend to do it early, early in the year. Um, you know, for the past three, four years. I don't know if it's a reinforcement thing or is it just they're just having fun, and they're sharing, trying to get others into the game, um, and um, and the like. But look, at the end of the day, um, we do look. We've left a lot of goals on the on the table. We we left it last week as well. I'm sure they'll tidy that up, but um, they probably didn't feel like they were going to lose the game. So you know, let's share it, share it a bit. But yeah, it can be frustrating. But I can, I'm I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I'm sure they'll sharpen it up as the year goes on, like we said before. But uh, I think if push came to shove, they would they would nail the shots if they had to. So oh, yeah, if, if it was a final, they wouldn't do it. But it, it, it is frustrating. It's 100 percent frustrating. Yeah. But uh, oh well. And, and just another point that we stuck in here as a talking point. Um, this is to do with the VFL. And I'll ask this one to you, Michaels. Five coaches have come out and criticised the new rules to, to which the Eastern Seaboard competition is now playing. And I think zones are the particular, is the particular um, sticking point. Mm. It doesn't resemble what we're playing in the AFL. So we've got a two-tiered competition. You've got the AFL, and then, the, and then you've got the secondary competition. And the rules and the structures of the secondary competition – do not reflect in any way what we're trying to do in the senior, in the AFL part. Do you reckon this is a good thing moving forward, Michaels, or should it be a bit more aligned? I'm going to do a cut out and say bad call. Um, it's, I reckon five coaches is being generous. I reckon there's probably going to be a lot more. If they haven't come out already, they'll come out very soon. So I'll do this quickly because I know we've got to push on. So essentially for those who aren't aware, what they're basically doing is if there's a boundary throw-in, I'm not sure if it's a ball up as well, but I know definitely a throw-in, that each team has to have three players in their defensive 50 and one of them in the goal square. So kind of like the 6-6-6 setup at the start um, in a bit shorter format. But And... Well, the coaches are dead right. How are you meant to develop and breed your young talent to come through and feel a role in a team if you get an injury or whatever it might be when they're playing in a completely different set of rules? Um, and I think Hardwick sort of alluded to the fact that the running power needed for that to, for the VFL games now is not the same as what the AFL games are. So they're going to blow up quicker and it just makes it harder. I mean, if they're going to trial rules, do you maybe use the, the NAB League, the former TAC Cup? I don't know. Um, or do you just keep the trial to the pre-season comp games? It just doesn't make sense to have that drastic a change at the VFL. Yeah, here, here. Mm. it's just common sense. You don't. It's like CB. I'm teaching you how to drive. You want to learn how to drive a car, um, so I'll put you on my motorbike. It's yeah, it's just yeah. ridiculous. It's stupid. I reckon they'll change it pretty soon. You know, when the coaches speak up, they generally get what they want. So. All we need is Clarko to say something and it will change. He seems to have the no. magic touch. All we need is Brad Scott, you know, because we all know they all listen to Brad Scott. All fucking Alistair Clarkson. Clarko, you will get it um, done yeah, for Yeah, as soon as he says something, yeah, they should change Everything it. Everything changes. Yeah. All right, CB, it's time for your bloodbath. I'll play your intro. I know you can't hear it, but I can, and I enjoy it. <laughs> is it staying alive? Is that the intro? <laughs> you didn't copy That's my voice, the... Give it to me, give it to me, baby. What's uh, what's on your mind this week with the bloodbath? Right, so this will be a two-parter. The first one, I'll just say something, but then the second part, there's going to be a second subject matter, which everyone will get to contribute in on. But the first one, I just want to talk about Chris Scott and the um, Fagan incident and why I think it's um, serious. It is serious. Like it was, I found it really disturbing to hear 
players going to bat for their mate Scott last night. So, you know, Jonathan Brown and those guys and uh, Nick Rewalt and they're all like, oh, it was great that the player, the coach went there and stood up for his players. Well, actually, it's not. And I'll tell you why it's not a good thing Chris Scott actually having a crack at opposition players. Because that filters down into the lower leagues and there's already enough heroes and dickheads coaching in lower lower levels, particularly in junior leagues. And if they see AFL footballers feeling, or AFL coaches, apologies, feeling justified to approach opposition players and give them a burst, then what do you reckon is going to happen in the lower leagues, in the lower levels? So it's actually concerning behaviour and something, there needs to be an outcome on Chris Scott from the AFL on this because unfortunately we are a, a, a monkey see, monkey do type thing and people like to imitate what they do at the highest level <laughs> and you're going to have some super coach out there that's going to be upset because it's not going his way in a game of under-14s football or something, and he's going to do something. That it's it's going to be ugly. So that stuff really needs to be nipped in the bud, and um, I found it disturbing that the, the boys' club were defending Chris Scott last night, and they were actually in the wrong. There is no – Fagan was correct. There is no justification for talking to opposition players. There just isn't anymore, and um, that's all I'll say on that. And the second one, um, I'm going to bring up the topic of a guy who's very near and dear to this show's heart. <laughs> and we've called we've this for a long way out. <laughs> we, we may have discussed this gentleman before, but there's an umpire out there by the name of O'Gorman. And um, I believe he may have had an impact on a game on Friday night, which is possibly, in all honesty, I hope that howler actually leads to Brisbane missing the top four by percentage in front of Geelong or something, just to really ram home the implications of how unfit this guy is to umpire a game of AFL football. I will now throw it open to the table. You go, Tiggs. I know you've got a bit, a bit more love for O'Gorman. Oh, fuck me. Give it to me, baby. That's. <laughs> no, I agree with everything you said on Scott, mate. And you just know when Kane Corn. Um, offers an opinion, the reverse is probably the best way to go. So, um, yeah, good um, bloodbath. Look, but on Al Gorman, look, I feel too, I'm in two parts with these fellas. First, it was like I was going to hop on the train here and, you know, how could he miss that, um, uh, the obvious free kick? You know, did he freeze? Did he intentionally not call it? But then I had a look at it again, right? And then I tried to have a look. They showed down the ground vision about his, where his positioning was. And, he obviously didn't see he, – he assumed, he thought that um, Biclavis, whatever that fucking tall, lanky <laughs> flog's name, how you pronounce it, might have got a hand to the ball and handballed it um, before he was slung around. So that's the problem. That right there is symptomatic of what's woefully bad with the whole entire umpire department, not just O'Gorman, particularly number 32. I've forgotten what the umpire's name, number 32. I haven't forgotten you, mate. They guess. They assume. They don't go off what they see. They, they, they assume of what's happened, even if they haven't seen it. And it leads to disasters like this. It surprised me that the AFL came out um, and just threw him under the bus. You think they might have came out and would have asked him a question, you know, what happened there? He would have been, you know, with a little bit of intelligence. Look, I just didn't see it. Um, and they would have said, look, unfortunately, he was just in the wrong position and didn't call it. But, no, they just threw him under the bus. Is he umpiring um, this weekend, fellas? 
Oh, well, he needs I, to be dropped back to the bush leagues if he I, is. I don't know how true it is, but I saw someone on Twitter say that with the umpire allocations due to the, the lower numbers of umpires available, that when they're booked in, they're scheduled in blocks of three. So they're sort of guaranteed three games in a row before yeah. any other change may be made. I'm not sure if that's completely true. Or not. Someone on the, some of our listeners might be able to clarify, but... Um, I, I get what you're saying, Tiggs, about the position of the umpire, but there's four of them, and you know, yeah. umpires pay free kicks from the the non-officiating umpire all the time, and um, just yeah, I don't know how it was missed, and you could the reaction, you know, when people from all different teams band together for one common goal, you know something went wrong. We're always the first to shit can one another along the way, but everyone was on Brisbane's side there. But um, the question I want to ask you guys, just for a quick answer, is something like that. Is that something like that should be looked at from the that review team in the bunker, whatever the hell they use these days? Is that something... Because the ball went through for a point, so there was a brief stop in play. Could they have just said, hang on, we reckon you've missed one here? Like what sort of soccer do with the VAR, even uh-huh. if the umpire misses it, they can still say, hang on, we think we've seen something here. Okay, okay, hang on. So in the NRL, they have a captain's challenge. So both captains in the NRL are allowed one challenge. And if they get it right, they keep their review. If they get it wrong, like the cricket, you lose it. Okay. So maybe that's something they need to consider if it's such a howler that, you know, maybe uh, who's the captain of the Lions? Is it Zorko? Who, who, yeah, I don't know. Whoever it is, he can go, hang on, stop the game. We need that review. That, he hasn't handballed that. But but how would you go about the clarification? Like Because then he'd have to say, look, I think the ball has missed his hand and it's dropping the ball away. It could be a bit messy, but that's probably the only way you could do it is give the captains one review on an absolute howler for, my, for that top situation. My quick answer would be basically you open up a Pandora's box. Like the score review at the moment does for what happens um, within the goal square or, for example, if it hits the post, if it touches fingers, but it doesn't like the Gibbons goal that wasn't a goal um, against Collingwood. You know, it clearly was out of bounds when he kicked it. Um, but it went through for a goal. The umpire, the, um, the boundsman missed it um, and they called it as a goal. Um, and people asking, why can't you review that? Because um, then the problem, the question comes out, well, how far back do you go? Do you, if you have a, um, do you go back to where, because you know how you get chains of play, so it's generally off a free kick and it might be, you know, just off the centre square, you know, one long kick, mark, goal. So, um, from a poor decision. But look, at the end of the day, the AFL is unique. And the one reason I love the AFL uniqueness about it is because there's mistakes in the game, the chaotic yeah. nature of our game. I don't want it to get to NRL where it's like fucking watching American sport where it's, you know, the umpires are too heavily involved. I don't want to, I don't really want to see the umpires. Um, and if there's a mistake made, you just roll with it. And like, because we've had some fucking howlers. I still remember where in the Freo game where um, uh, Jack Rewalt. Um, Shepard just slightly bumped the Freo player for Caddy's long goal. They would have won us the game. It's the game that we lost by three points. Yeah. Um, would have yeah. won us the game. And everyone said that was not a free kick and that goal was disallowed. You cop it on the chin. You move on. It's part of the rage and the football, you know, heartbeat, you know, when you get passionate about shit like that. But, um, yeah, that was clearly a disgusting non-call. Mm. But don't change the rules anymore. Don't add any more layers of officialdom. Just keep it, keep it, it simple. Keep it simple. Yeah. Good Just topics though, uh, CB. A very good discussion points. Fantastic, mate. I reckon O'Gorman's has got away lightly. We'll see how we oh, go next week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say this to, to any any of the listeners who are local umpires. Things we're not 
canning the umpire fraternity. It's a tough gig. We're, we're actually just we're actually just canning one bloke who can actually bring a lot of heat onto the whole umpiring fraternity. That's it. Yeah, a fair call. Well summed up there, CB. Yeah, because like just really quickly, just add for the umpires because it's a really good point, CB. Really, what we're trying to say, or what I'm trying to say, I don't want to speak on behalf of my, my two um, learner colleagues beside me, but. Really, it's not a O'Gorman's fault. The whole umpiring department that were playing that day let him down, right? Because um, you're hearing during games that the umpires overrule each other. Like one might call a mark and the other one goes, oh, no, no, they hit the ground. You hear that all the time. You see it all the time. Why someone didn't just go in his ear and say, hey, mate, that actually, he did not handball it. That's actually a free kick. The goal umpire could have done it because they can award free kicks. The boundary umpire could have done it. And the other umpire that runs around the other side. Um, could have done it. No one did it. No, it was just an all-round so, debacle. But, yeah, it was. Um, at least it wasn't against us. That's probably the positive That's to come it. from it. Oh, could you imagine if it was? Oh, though? Jesus. Oh, could you imagine? All right, Tiggs, Tiger Den segment. you got your yeah, three or four look, minutes. Let's, uh, what have you got? Yeah, first, the clarification on a few tweets I did during the game. I really wanted to talk about the bolter in the ruck. Now, I know, and I know, it doesn't need to be upset to me again, that it's a, a, it's a game plan tactic that Hardwick uses where he rolls either Asprey or Bolter to give Nack a chop out. Fully understand it. Fully understand it. Um, I've re-watched the Hawks game, and I re-watched the round one game. And I urge anyone to do that and notice what happens when Bolter rucks. I'm not saying Bolter can't ruck. I'm not saying Bolter doesn't do a new dynamic when he's in there. He, he does. It's brilliant. But the oppo scores. Um, Hawthorne got their run on when Bolter was in there. Um, and it's not, because, it's not because of Bolter. It's because Bolter gives us so much in defence in what he does as a present. Because um, he's, what, he's nearly 200 centimetres. He's mobile. Um, it, midfielders running into their forward 50 see him in the area, and then they might kick in a different direction. And all that sort of stuff defends our back 50. What I would personally do is just use Asprey. Uh, I don't know why we have to have three, because um, it's only for like five minutes in a, in a quarter, if that. Um, but I hope Hardwick – yeah, that's sort of what I clarified. I'm not giving it to Bolt to say he can't do the ruck roll. I believe he can. But, look, he's our stallion in the back half. You know, did we get Rance doing it? No. And for me, Bolter, to the, the, the impact he has against opposition, uh, midfielders and forwards leading into um, their forward 50, um, is just as good for me, even at his, his youngest part of his career. So leave him in the, um, the defensive 50. Now, the other one I want to give a bit of clarification to, if I can, guys, is Marlon Pickett. Um, I got a bit of abuse, um, and I won't mention who, <coughs> CB, um, but it was... I, I was actually giving him credit, but what I was trying to do, and I, and I understand that, you know, with Hooli not being in the side, and I understand that, you know, he, he plays on the ring. He's a, for me, he's, a, he's the ultimate utility in the nature of how he's played. He's got all the tools, and I, and I actually said that. But to have him in deep 50 now, and it doesn't happen all the time, but he hasn't got that defensive awareness. Um, he gets he gets caught cold-footed a fair bit for the times that I've seen. Again, this is a personal view, not a not you know agree with it or don't agree with it. And he, he tends to fumble a fair bit. He's not a one-touch player. He's funny enough. In the, that's in first half of games. In second half of games, he's brilliant. He's just one of those guys, and he's still very young in his career. Forget his age. You know, he's played what under thirty games, so he's not a one-grab player. Yet. So. I just don't like seeing him as a defensive 50. I think we could utilise him a lot better to keep him wing, even with Hawley not in the side, you know, because we've still got Baker and Short. 
And I know, you know, if that means keeping broad um, in the side, because SCB mentioned that he comes out, he sits on the bench um, at times, you know, maybe keep broad in for a longer period so Marlon doesn't have to go in there because he's a weapon. Um, oh, some of his bumps, some of his pressure that he applied, you know, particularly in um, to turn the ball back over our way was brilliant. But, um, yeah, I just want to really clarify those two tweets because I'm not hating on any of, any of those two particular players. Just... Just an observation that I saw. Um, and, yeah, that's it, basically, to keep it nice and quick. All right. And first, I add how lucky I am as a husband. My wife just brought me a coffee. Oh, jeez, on, on fire. Come on, boys, lads. You know, have you got a coffee? Has your wife given you a coffee right now? No. My no, wife has. I'm not sure you what know? she's doing, actually. No, she's, she's great. The only disappointing... Lukewarm, she, lukewarm bottle of water here. Yeah. Lukewarm. The only With disappointing the, pointing thing, my wife... This is room temperature. My wife, um, you know, didn't go under the table after she gave me the coffee. That's a morning. <laughs> Do you have lemon in your water, CB? That's very good for you, I've heard. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I don't do that cucumber okay, shit or okay. water. So just, just, it's just water, mate. That's all I need. That's mate, all I need. Michaels, you're coming to Melbourne. You're going to get rid of that Melbourne speech, <laughs> Yeah, mate. I know. They've... Yeah. That was a good weekend, though. Fucking lemon in your water, please, mate. <laughs> all right. Uh, listener question time. Now... We've kind of winged this because I didn't have time to allocate who was going to ask what. But um, yeah. did you have any questions you like to look of CB that you wanted to bring to the table, or did you? Want, I've got it up in front of me now. I can, can go through I, it if you want. I'll level with you, mate. I've had, that's the one thing I didn't have when I did this thing. <clears throat> I didn't have time this week to look at that, mate. I've sort of been busy with um, work and footy and stuff. So yeah, apologies. That's all right. I will direct some. I'll direct a couple of questions to each of you. Uh, CB, I'll go to you first. This is from Paul underscore Football on Twitter. It kind of touches on one of your discussion points from earlier. Has Koch lost his kick penetration or will it come with match fitness? It seemed quite a problem on Sunday. Um, it's Well, you lo- actually lose your kicking penetration as you get older. Um, I can actually personally vouch for that, mate. I used to be able to kick the ball 50 metres and then by the time I got <laughs> mid-30s, mate, I was kicking it like 30 metres and about 80, 80 metres in the air. So it, does- um, it, it, it is something that... Um, does happen over time, unfortunately. Father time is a bit cruel like that. Uh, but I think also it's a question of where he's getting the ball and what options are available available to him as well. He's not really a big smash it down the line player anymore. So I think it's a bit of a combination, if I'm honest. Just to, yeah. clarify, just to clarify to the lady listeners, um, European footballers, though, as we get older, we actually kick longer. So I just <laughs> wanted to put that out there. We don't, you know, we don't shrink. Over in our time. distance, actually, <laughs> yeah, like I just want to make that wine. real clear. All right, next one for you, Tiggs, from Japania on Twitter. The media and the Pi supporters were having orgasms over Darcy Moore's performance on Thursday night, calling him the best AFL defender. Uh, Grimes and Bolter say hi. Harry McKay kicked four goals on him till three-quarter time. What do you think the narrative would have been if that was Rance? <sighs> yeah, good look, good call. Um, I rate I rate more as a backman. Um, yeah, he conceded four, but he saved more than he conceded. And it's funny, it's just a double standard. Um, Rance defends that way. Rance had a reputation on defending one-on-one um, pretty well because his strength was um, stopping goals. And, yeah, he might personally leak two or three goals because his direct opponent, inverted commas, kicks those goals. But really, you know, with the 15 goals that came through, he's blocked, you know, six of them. So that's the type of more. More plays that interceptor role um, really well, not as equal as Rance. Um, uh, but, yeah, he's an outstanding backman. But that's just a double standard. It's like if we 
Um, an analogy for that is if you had um, Asprey do a round arm punch behind play, behind the back of Neild, and in the very same game, Harwick was gobbling off at the Brisbane Lions players, do you reckon the media would be as soft on Geelong, um, on Richmond, as they have been on Geelong? No, of course they wouldn't. Fair enough. Um, and the last one I'll give to you, CB, from Marky Mark. We are starting to lose our best fringe slash depth players to other clubs. How many senior games this year do we need to give our next best six to keep them? Uh, to keep them interested, sorry. Other, otherwise, players like Ross, RCD, Garthwaite, etc. will get targeted by others. Well, I think we might have raised it a couple of episodes ago. I think a lot of these guys are going to get game time naturally anyway through injury and also the length of the season and just the speed of the game. I think I can't see Cochin playing 22 games this year. Um, there's a few boys like that. So I think just through injuries, resting Dan Kervis, I'll be amazed if we can get we can get 23 games in a row out of him. He'll probably try it, but... Uh, he's a workhorse, but I just think some of these young like CCJ, RCD, um, I'll make a point about Ross a bit later on with the ins and outs when we analyse the Sydney game. Um, these guys do need game time. Uh, but having said that, I mean, the, the players we've lost, we haven't really missed any of them that have gone in the last four years either. Uh, we've been sad to see them go, but we haven't lost anything really as a club. Yeah. Uh, but I think I think that next batch coming through your, your Martins, your Hugo's, Rosses. I'm speaking like Gary is, aren't I? Or Paul Bruce putting an S on the end of the ring. Um, all those guys. I think they will they will get game time during the year. And obviously, we've got some players approaching the twilight of their careers as well. So opportunities will open up for them should they choose to stay at the club. And before I agree with all that, I think they'll just naturally get minutes um, as we roll on. But um. Good questions there. Sorry we couldn't get through a few more from the listeners. We'll try and get through some more next week. Um, Before I let Tiggs take us into the preview for the Swans game, we do have to give a very special shout-out to Noah Bolter, who has committed to the club for another two years. Uh, We were talking off-air about how funny it is Every time, you know, a player signs for us, it's, remember the days where after we signed Lynch, it was, there's going to be a max ex- exodus. We're not going to be able to keep all that gun players, et cetera, et cetera. And I've got no doubt clubs were queuing up to speak to young Noah. Um, but very happy that he stayed. And I, I just want to point out that CB did clarify on the weekends that he is a man mountain after seeing him up close and personal on the fence line. Yeah, fantastic. He's a... Adonis. Yes, yeah. <laughs> me. I was just going to say, he's. I thought Alex Rance was a big dude, but um, this guy's bigger than Rance and less refined. He is just a brick shithouse at fullback. He's amazing. And because we're talking about our kids, can I just also give a special shout-out? And this is probably in part an example of why, why our kids won't leave, um, even if they've only played a couple of games this year. To Bigoa Nguyen and to Marbury Chol. Both have been sus- – one has been fined and the other one has been suspended for headbutting. Um, in the VFL. And why I'm mentioning this is, is because the team spirit had showed. One stood up for the other. Um, and for me, that I was wrapped when I read when I read that in the um, AFL. It, yeah, that's fantastic. And players don't leave if they love the people they're around, um, love the club, love the environment, um, know that their time will come and trust the process. They won't go. Um, and, yeah, but, you know, new on for that headbutt, mate. Mate, have your two weeks. Well deserved. I reckon you would have got a hug by Dimmer for backing up Marby Chol. I didn't know that happened. But there we go. All right, uh, Tiggs, kick us off with the preview for the Sydney Swans game oh, this week. 
mate, it's, it's very rare for a game to literally dead set make me horny. This game makes me horny, right? And, and let me describe to you why. There's this big fucking media hoopla about Sydney. You know, they're, you know, if you watch um, on the couch, you know, they're talking about how great their kids are. They're talking about how, you know, they, they're lightning from, you know, defence to forward 50. You know, how blah, blah, blah. All that's true. It's fantastic. But I'm happy to say I believe our kids are just as good as their kids. Um, the method of their play, and I was speaking to uh, Mark, an uh, uh, avid Sydney mate of mine today, he was going on about, you know, how they do, you know, they boot over the defensive line and we'll be able to just race it in and they've got the body and stuff. I just sort of said to him this, a couple of facts, right? Sydney used to be a heavy clearance, uh, particularly stoppage clearance and setting clearance team. That used to be their one wood, right? And they've changed the way that they've played on that. They're now um, from defensive 50 to forward 50 transition, they're number one in the league um, from uh, from that ground. And and big part of it is they've got a beautiful, I think it's, um, I forgot what the backman's name is now, but he can kick at 70 metres because of that 15, the new, you know, the new, Oh, right, you know, yeah, for yeah, the goal square rule, yeah, you've yeah. got 15 metres more. So he actually does what Short should be doing. He uses his full leg and he boots it 70 metres right down the guts. But um, back on point, um, we're actually a better clear inside than they are. We're actually ahead of them in the stoppage clearance. They're, they're number one side for points um, points four, but they're defensive. But we're, again, number, um, number three, but we're um, number one points um, in defence. And I think they're – I actually didn't check them, but I think they're four or fifth or something like that. So um, it's going to be an exciting game. Their kids, I hope, I hope Horse doesn't park the bus. Um, I hope he gives them licence to attack us um, because if you do that, they'll get slaughtered. Um, and the reason why I'm very confident on that is we're holding, we're holding our defensive very deep. So we are a perfect side, like Hawthorne showed it against us. You can keep kick it as deep as you like. You can get it from the centre and then try to penetrate either flank. We will still keep our defensive positioning intact. And the how we're doing it is we're rolling a half-forward midfield um, and then all of our lines are staggering down because of transition. And once we turn that ball over in our defensive half, we just race it So because we're fitter than anyone else. Um, their defence leaks um, as well. That's the thing. Like if Adelaide had a kick straight, they had 33 scoring shots. And, I, and there's no disrespect to Sydney, but our midfield is not Adelaide's midfield. Our defence is not Adelaide's defence. You allow us that amount of space to run the ball in, um, to get 33 shots, um, we'll kick a bigger score than Adelaide did. So, um, look, people are talking about Buddy and uh, Martin. Fuck that. What gets me super excited is Buddy versus Bolter. Just to see... Bolter, the learnings he will get. Oh, look, I expect him to be beaten on it, but the tricks he will learn off Buddy, the, the you know, the patterns that Buddy runs. Because uh, Buddy is a dead set champ. Um, his forecraft is a leaf and elite, and I hope Hardwick understands that and goes, you know, Bolter, you've got him all game. I thought and, that was a point for someone else down in the run sheet, mate. <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, was it? Oh, sorry, yeah. I didn't see that. Sorry, mate. Yeah, we can all you can still talk about it, but that that's my biggest thing of the game, um, and that's it for me. I'll hand it over to you guys. You go, CB. What's uh, your take on the game? Yeah, look, I think um, I think the one thing that we're looking at, like with meters gained at the moment, Richmond's um, six thousand seven hundred ninety-five versus uh, Sydney at the moment, six thousand three hundred six. So the 
style of game we are playing, particularly on the MCG, is a pretty fast, ferocious, direct game. And I think the while everyone's talking up the youth, I think that the Sydney strength could be their weakness, which could be exposed by us over the weekend. And um, yes, they um, they had a very good win in round one versus the Lions, and they had a you know, very good win against Adelaide, but. Um, they haven't come up against a team like Richmond yet this year. And admittedly, Richmond, like last weekend, it was just a Richmond-like win. Wasn't anything fantastic. Just got the job done. But I just think um, when you look at key matchups, I really like the matchup of Nankervis versus Hickey. Um, and I reckon that matchup's going to give us extra dominance around the centre center bounce um, situations and also around the ground. I think Nankervis will be in for a very, very good day, which will assist our ground-level efforts and get the ball moving our way. And as we were sort of talking about before, uh, who do you you reckon, Michaels, is going to get Buddy? Has to be Bolter. I I agree with Tiggs. And I think think football watchers in general are going to be excited to watch that match-up just because of how far Noah Bolter's come in such a short period of time. I think think people can acknowledge he's looking like a pretty handy defender. Um, But yeah, Buddy's an absolute star. And it's... Footy is a better place with him on the field. There's no question about that. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that matchup. I do think on the bigger ground, it's going to help us sort of cover off a bit more. If it was at the SCG, we might have had a bit more trouble with it. But um, yeah, I reckon Noah will get first crack at it. And I think that's credit to him and Hardwick for hopefully showing the faith in him to do so. Um, but yeah, that, that's going to be a monster a monster showdown. Tiggs, what about uh, Papley and Haney? Danger players, uh, CB's put in the agenda. They're quick, they are very skillful, and they know where the goals are. Who gets them? Oh, Papley for me is a no-brainer. I'd give it. I'll give it Baker. Um, similar height. Baker for me is just growing every season. Um, I think he would relish the challenge to play on a, a, an elite player like Papley. Papley might get him a few times, but the learnings um, Baker would get would be brilliant. So I'd, I'd put Baker just for that. Look, Heaney's the funny one. I'm actually going to go less fueled here. Like, I, I naturally want to say Broad because Broad has, you know, the body shape, has the smarts, has the engine, and has the tools to go with him. So Broad would be my plan B. But I would love to actually see Marlon Pickett on him because he is a half forward, but he plays, he goes up high up the ground as well. So um, I reckon Marlon would, look, if the ball's up high, Marlon's really smart. Um, I, I don't think he'll get Marlon on, on endurance. Marlon's got a bit of mongrel about him and make Heaney earn it. The only downside with that is he might get done for a bit of pace and might give away a few too many frees. But um, that's based on how Heaney plays. If he doesn't just stay in the forward um, in the forward 50, if he, if he motors between forward 50 and, and midfield in that arc, Marlon, I'll give him to Marlon. If he's deep forward 50, then I'll roll broad onto him. But that's what I'll do. I'll give Marlon Pickett. I reckon he'll do a good job on him. Yeah, I think I think Pickett will do a good job as well. Uh, CB, put your David King hat on for a second, or your Kane Corns hat. Does Sydney tag Dusty? Oh, no. Can anyone tag Dusty? Mate, can, can you believe, like, one of the suggestions today was... Now, Rampy's their best defender. Do we do we agree on this, guys? Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Yeah, Fine I agree. Goal post, he's pretty good. Yeah. Yep. Pound yep, for yep, pound, yep. he's their best, yep. Yep. So the conversation today was us saying they should stick someone like Rampy on Dusty. Okay. Can you imagine what is going to happen to, to Rampy if he goes anywhere near the centre on Dustin Martin? I mean, the dumb thing about this logic, 
They're all of a sudden tagging Dusty's the new the new uh, the new black, I guess. But there are some players that are that good. Do you reckon teams over the journey didn't try and tag Chris Judd, Robert Harvey, Scott West, uh, bloody Greg in the seventies or Lee Matthews? It is not something you sometimes players are just that good that you can't Dusty's that smart. He loses players through the traffic. He does people start on him, but he's that he's that talented. He loses them through the traffic. He knows how to shake a tag and he's just an offensive weapon. And worst case scenario, like I said, if he's getting touched up, he's just gonna go play forward. Yeah. So it just they they can try, but I think they're actually going to be wasting they're going to be wasting a player trying to tag him if that makes sense. Yeah. So I hope they do because it will detract from what they can achieve against us. I actually do. I hope. Look, 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 look. <laughs> how did old man Burgoyne go on the weekend? I mean, and, and Silk's a fantastic player still, and he got absolutely towed. Yeah. So, mate, I think, um, I hope they do. I think it's a colossal waste of time trying to tag him. Yeah. But, yeah, good luck, Sydney, if you try it, mate. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah. All the best to him. Um, what do we got here? Oh, yeah. The Jack and Tom Lynch are the Swans going to be undersized to man these two up? You sort of touched on Rampy there, CB. I mean, really, if they're serious, they're going to have to send Rampy to one of them, and McCartan's probably going to take the other. But Walker kicked six or something, didn't he, against him? Um, he's given he's in a rich vein of form, but I, this is where I don't think they can afford to have the Rampy uh, sort of conversation on Martin because. It kind of, it's going to, they're going to be exposed by one of the other big dudes, and you, you've got to pay respect to Lynch and Jack. So, with the amount of inside fifties we get, I think the Sydney defence would be under the pump a little bit on um, on game day, which is nice. Do you reckon? Do you reckon uh, strategically, it would it be worth us sitting playing Lynch deeper and really trying to expose him one on one deep? I reckon. I think he's going to be. I mean, McCartan's a big dude, but it depends on who's on him. If I think. Tom will be able to out-muscle Rampy if they were isolated deep. But it just, it can create free kicks as well. Like It can create panic and all kinds of stuff can go wrong for defenders when they're isolated. And with Especially with the, the stand rule and people like McIntosh and Short kind of just legging it, running off the mark. I would, I'd, I'd keep someone as deep as we could, one-on-one, and just have our other forwards sprinting towards that contest. And Sydney are prone. Their defence has been shown to be exposed for lead-up forwards, a power lead-up forward. What's great, Jack can play that role and so can Tom. So I'd be maximising that. I wouldn't be trying to get the ball on top of their heads. I'd be trying to aim the ball in front of them. Um, and because they've got, uh, they've got that experienced core defenders, but they've got a lot of youth in front of them, around them. So those front, those younger defenders, you know, they're not going to be as chirpy in the first quarter as, uh, as they are in the third when they've got Jack's knee and Tom's knee smashing into their backs as they close the space. <laughs> That's how I would do it. That's what you're going to do with younger sides. It's people did it to us so many times. It's our turn because yeah. um, we're the alpha apex predator at the moment. We've got to, you know, show them why flex, we're the apex predator. Flex our muscle a little bit. Ins and outs. Uh, CB, who who comes in and out? It's two wins in a row. Do we do changes at all? Okay, this is complicated, but I've got to try and explain it. I think two players will come in. But I've got four players for which to choose to go out, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Jack Ross must play this week. He's had two games on the pond doing nothing. 
He hasn't played VFL. He needs to get game time into him urgently. So Jack Ross must come into this team. And also, I think Nick Foston will come in. I think they're the two ins for me. Um, now, the four that can go out, and keep in mind, the four, one of these guys will become the injury sub. I have Arts. Oh, my, I'll put Rioli there, but let's face it, he's not going anywhere. Arts, Rioli, Caddy and Pickett are the four that I have that of potential outs. But one of those four will be the injury sub. So um, that's kind of how I set. So I'm not really dancing around it. I'm not. I'm pretty confident. Look, we know Vlosten's in. I would like to see Ross in, and I've named four that I think you could pick a pool of having two come out and one becoming the injury sub. So yeah. that's kind of where my head's at on on the ins and outs. What about call? I reckon it'll come down to matchups out of those four. Essentially, I don't know if any of them have necessarily done anything wrong, but. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see which way we go, Tiggs. Yeah, no, um, similar vein, but not with CB. With Ross, he needs to get um, conditioning in his legs. I'm just a bit of a different tack. I would actually put him in the VFL and give him a full game. Um, I know what we said about the rules, but that's what I would do. I, I reckon you'd get a bit more value, you know, being able to run around and then commit to him that he's playing next week. That's that's what I'll hopefully the path that we will go. I would then um, bring in Vlosten. Um, and because Marlon Pickett obviously is floating the forward line, I mean the back line, I'll put Marlon as our medical um, sub. But that was the only change I would make. I'd put Vlosten in. Look, Daniel Rioli, people knocked him. Um, he he did enough, you know, four shots on goal. Um, Jason Castillo, our forward line's working, our midfield's working. Josh Caddy is borderline for me now. Um, if Josh Caddy has another game like he had against the Hawks, even though he just did some good things, but so did Marlon. So if Josh Caddy has just an average game, I'll then um, replace him with Marlon Pickett. Um, but that's that's my that's my thoughts. And, and I just want to clarify on Rioli too, why I had him. He actually got – he went for a big mark and he got really, he really hurt himself in the yeah. first or second quarter. And the reason I've got him in my list of potential outs, I should have clarified, is I actually think he's crook. He was he was pretty bloody sore playing that game out. So and he copped the uh, poke in the eye. Which I mean, how often do you have you seen honestly a player not kick the ball within their thirty seconds? And that's not a deliberate thing he done. I just think he was really struggling to take the kick. So yeah, yeah I'm not sure how much that'll play a part. But uh, no, but he, sh- he should have conceded the kick. I'll scream. Oh, I agree. Look, he should have handled. It. He should have given it to hundred percent. I mean, it wasn't a wasn't a life or death situation with the goal front. But yeah, he should have done that. But um. I agree with some of those changes. I just wanted to point out a couple of stats from the VFL game that we had on the weekend. I know this gentleman can't play yet, but Coleman Jones kicked four goals one. Um, so it's, it's pretty exciting to see him yes. getting some confidence up forward. Ralph Smith had 20 disposals, three tackles. Miller had 10 disposals, six spoils. The Egg had 19 disposals, four tackles. Uh, Rioli had six tackles, six contested possessions and kicked one goal two. Uh, Will Martin had 18 disposals, eight tackles. I feel like he's going to get a game soon. And Collier Dawkins had four Center clearances and five normal clearances. Um, so the boys are doing well down there, and spots are going to open up, I think, in the near future. But good to see a few bashing the door down. Actually, good question on VFL, just for, for both your boys' input, a quick yes or no. Is it a good look for the AFL to have Patrick Dangerfield playing VFL while he's suspended? Oh, that's a good question. I'm saying no. Uh, and I know we've probably used that same rule in the past, but I think no. Look, um, if you, if there's a, um, I'd say yes because it's a practice game. It's not a VFL game. So um, in practice game, we had CCJ and 
Um, if Stack wasn't in jail, he would have been running around too. It's just unfortunately... They're club suspensions, aren't they? Are they league suspensions? League suspension, yeah. When they got fined yeah. for... Um, yeah, so it's the same thing. You yeah. can't have... You can't look... And you know me, I fucking can't stand Dangerfield. But at the end of the day, he did nothing wrong. It's the media not thinking it through before they started whining about it. Yep. All right, margins time. CB, I think you've got some explaining to do on this run. But... Have you fixed next to mate? Have you fixed? Have you fixed it, buddy? I'm losing faith. Sorry, I <laughs> think it's a vibrator. That's what I think. But I, I'm pretty you. sure it's a fucking garbage can with a fax machine rammed in it. That's what I think it is. Okay. <laughs> Dennis type fax machine by the sounds of it. Jesus. So look, we've had a crack, and I've, again, I've been working on it, and like I'm not really technically minded, but I'm tipping Richmond to win by two points. Oh, you think it's going to be a close one? Where's the plus <laughs> side of it? No, nah, yeah. two points. Just two points? Okay, just two points. All right. Because <laughs> uh, we do get some feedback from Trog and Tiger on this on Twitter, so thanks oh, for yeah, holding us accountable. <laughs> I just pictured a skinny dude with fucking glasses. Um, someone that actually looks funny enough, like O'Gorman, um, TT. Yeah, that's in, how in CB's defence, if we hadn't dicked around with the ball, we we may have gotten near his total in the end, but yeah, I think we cost ourselves a bit, so... You, yeah, you're probably not as far off as you think. Uh, Tiggs? Yeah, this way I reckon it, this is going to be one of those games um, that I seriously think are going to be, um, you know, let's see what you've got type games. Um, horse is going to want to see if his system sets up if it's genuine. Um, so I reckon we'll, we'll win around about 38 um, points. So I think they'll just run and gun. Um, and we'll do the damage early. Then they'll go, oh, fuck. And then they'll park a bus. But by that stage, we'll be, you know, six goals in front. I reckon it's. I reckon they're going to push us a little bit, and more so. And this is not being disrespectful, but more so because we we aren't overly fussed about not playing our best football this time of year, whereas they're flying at the moment. But um, I still think we we'll, we'll be good enough to get the job done. But I'm guessing around 18 points. But uh, we'll be happy just to take the four points with no injuries, to be honest. So, should be a cracking you know game. What? What's funny though, you know, people, we all talk about um, Dusty being new age, you know, how, you know, fucking selfless he is. And, but I seriously think, and from what I know, being buddies back on the scene, his alpha, um, his alpha um, instincts will kick in. No, no, buddy, I'm, I'm the big dog. Now, I'm the man. So I expect <laughs> a huge game from him. And I don't see any, you know, kicking it to Jack Rewalt where he can kick the goal himself. He'll I think kick, he he'll kick five. He's going to say, oh, I reckon he's going to go kick. <laughs> I reckon he's going to go sick. Surely, surely Horse plays him. He can't not have a spell after playing one game in Sydney. Surely he's what, on the Is there rumour of that, is there? Yeah, they're, t- they're talking that he might be spelled. No, yeah, not on the... Surely not. He loves the G, buddy. But oh, he might good be for us scared. if he doesn't. Might be a bit scared. Oh, don't make me face to Dusty. Don't make me face to Dusty. <laughs> Blitz Horsey, don't make me face to Dusty. All right, the game's on Saturday, April 3rd at the MCG, 1.45pm. Uh, hopefully we see a large Tiger army out there in force. Make sure you be loud. Um, good luck to everyone trying to get tickets. I know a few people already have, so should be a cracking game, gentlemen. But um, thank you for your time, as always. What is going on there? My fucking God, sorry. <laughs> he's, he's, he's an absolute cock. You know, like, I love him. His name Caesar is an English staff, and... He, I normally give him time. He's like one of my kids. I shut up. I'll be there in a sec. I normally play with him, give him time. So we're not been doing this for forty-five minutes, nearly an hour. 
he fucking gets upset. So he'll come into the computer room, sit on this chair, sofa that I've got, and just stare at me. And if I don't give him attention, he'll bark. All right, I'm coming. I'm getting All right, off now. Caesar, we're <laughs> wrapping up now, mate. Yeah, it's all good. But no, thank you for your time tonight, gentlemen, on a Tuesday night. I know it's not our normal gig, but uh, we should return to normal transmissions next week. Fingers crossed. So until next time, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.